How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. The pitch. Outman bloops one in the right center field. This will drop for a base hit. Martinez scores. And the Dodgers extend the lead now up three to one over the Cubs on the RBI single by James Outman. Nico hits out of a crouch from the right side. The 0-1. He swings and hits one in the air. Deep left center field. This could go. It's gone. Nico Horner with his second home run of the year. Pumping his fist as he rounds third. Cubs move a little closer. The two-run shot leaves them two back. It's the Dodgers six and the Cubs four here in the seventh. Pitch hit in the air deep right center field. Suzuki turns around. This one is gone. James Outman has homered for the second time this afternoon. The Dodgers breaking it open. Now up 9-4 over the Cubs here in the ninth. Sheets hits it a long way to right field. And one pinch hit swing has tied the ball game in the eighth for the White Sox. Now the White Sox are going to intentionally walk Wander Franco and bring up Randy Arozarena. He wants it to right field. That's down for a hit. High bounce. Here comes the throw to the plate. It's not in time. And the Tampa Bay Rays have walked it off once again. Still unbeaten at home this year. They're 18 and 3. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Ba-da-ba. Oh, I love when I'm live and I'm in the studio and I'm hosting my own show, uh, Hit and Run. And I can sing along with the low brass when it times out right at the end of the twib theme. And there we are. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in to your warm baseball talk nest on a Sunday morning. And we need it because it is uh, it's a little dreary out there. We're in the 30s. Um, granted, I went from parking lot to parking lot here in downtown Chicago, but I did stop at the coffee place. To get me and Sean Sears a drink and a sandwich and start off the morning right. So, you know, I can feel, I can tell you what the outside feels like for 20 seconds in either direction. Safe to assume it's cold. Uh, cold is correct. Uh, meanwhile, some of the ball clubs will be playing in this cold. Among them, the Cubs and the Dodgers will finish off a four-game set later on today. 
And uh, that will be coming your way at 12.45. So you've got bonus Spiegel, bonus hit and run up until 12.45 this afternoon. Probably about 12.38 before we get to a pregame. In that game, it'll be Clayton Kershaw, who was terrific last time out and picked up his 200th career win against Marcus Stroman, who has been terrific every time out and is among the best starting pitchers in baseball so far through this first 20-plus game stint. And if you didn't hear, I'm Marcus Stroman and the Cubs in conversations about a possible contract extension. Our Bruce Levine reported that yesterday. I believe Was it yesterday that he said it on Inside the Clubhouse? I believe that is the case. I think he, he actually said it on Marquee earlier this week. Okay, well, there you go. So uh, Bruce is everywhere. Yesterday, Bruce and David Haw holding down the baseball fort as they do on a Saturday morning, 52 weeks a year with Inside the Clubhouse. Jake Berger was on that show as well. On this show today, Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel, we'll talk to a Cubs pitcher at 10 a.m., Justin Steele. That guy's really, really good right now. He's, I don't know, do people realize how good he's been and for how long now? Since last June, there are four pitchers with a better ERA than Justin Steele. Their names are Justin Verlander, Dylan Cease, Shohei Otani, and Julio Arias. That's it. Sahadev Sharma had that in his piece about Justin Steele's cut-ride fastball. Um, He was good, again, in Oakland, maybe not his best, but certainly good enough against a really bad A's team. Oh, my God. They're crazy, fascinating bad. And then that includes the ownership. But anyway, Justin Steele will be on this show at 10 a.m. Um, at 10.40, our guy Chris Kamka, the Sultan of Staff from NBC Sports Chicago, will join us with a nugget or three uh, for each team in town. At 11 a.m., one of my all-time favorite ball players. He hopped into the YouTube algorithm of my guy Chris Tannehill from the Parkins and Spiegel show. And Tanny said, hey, Mo Vaughn has a hitting academy. And I said, hey, Sean Sears, see if we can get Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn's on the show at 11 o'clock today. That dude was an absolute beast and is a great guy um, and doing some really interesting things after – his playing career. Some of them are about hitting and the hitting academy, and some of them are directly about Jackie Robinson in some really, really cool ways that I'm looking forward to talking about with Mo Vaughn. So that's at 11 o'clock. Ryan McGuffey from Sox Talk Podcast and NBC Sports Chicago will join us to talk White Sox at 11:40. And aren't they fun? Um, editor's note: They are not fun. And then, yeah, bonus Spiegel bonus hit and run at noon. And along the way, you'll hear from the likes of Nico Horner and Ian Happ and Patrick Wisdom as we get close to Cubs-Dodgers at 1245. Uh, Also, the White Sox will be finishing up a series in Tampa Bay this afternoon, 1240, so just about the same time. Lucas Giolito has been pretty good his last two times out. We'll go for a third straight against Zach Eflin, who has been excellent for the most part for Tampa Bay. But everybody's been excellent for Tampa Bay. They're 18-3. and Meanwhile, the White Sox are 7-14. and 14. And look, we're taking your text at 312-644-6767. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. As we are broadcasting you live from the Scores Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And uh, some of the texters already in talking about one team or another. Vibes up and vibes down. 
goodness. Look, we'll talk a bunch of Cubs, and the the fun of that team and the fun of that conversation is really obvious, and it's readily available and apparent when you're watching the games. Frankly, whether they win or lose, they don't quit on games. Um, sometimes you get absurd days like Friday's 13 to nothing near-perfect game. But even when you don't, you're getting, you know, um, Hosmer and Mancini starting to join Horner and Swanson as guys who are hitting the ball hard with consistency. Bellinger continues to look like a guy who has refound a little something and has been rolling of late. Seiya Suzuki is there now. We'll talk about him in detail later. Hell, when Nick Madrigal plays and gets to the plate, he's getting extra base hits, sometimes stealing a base with base running when he's not costing his team a run with base running. I mean, and the Cubs' rotation has been really, really good. Is there a Michael Fulmer issue? Yes. Are there other issues? Yes. Will we talk about him? Sure. And we throw open the phone lines to you at 312-644-6767. But we have to start with this horrific moment for the White Sox, who have now lost every series they're 0-6 and 1. Excuse me, they tied a series. I guess they did they split it a, a four gamer? They, or, yeah, they 2-2 two, two with I think the Phillies actually. Uh, is that the one they split? Mm-hmm. They haven't won a series yet and they've lost the first two in Tampa so they're not going to lose that. They're in the midst of a crucial 10 game run here against very good teams. The first two have been losses to Tampa in walk-off fashion. See what happens today. Then they go to Toronto, then they come back here for more Tampa. They're seven and fourteen. The last time the White Sox were this far under five hundred, it was the end of twenty nineteen. Before the bonus year division win and the pandemic shortened twenty twenty under Rick Renteria. They haven't been seven games under five hundred since the end of the season. Before that, it is bleak, man. And there are lots of reasons why. But I want to focus right now on the offensive profile of this team because I got to admit, there was a couple weeks ago where I was seeing all the singles happen. They were coming off a huge game on the Saturday, and I was singing the praises of, of, of what seemed like a revitalized approach. But, man, now you watch them and you look overall at the season and the numbers, and this offensive bunch is brutal. If you were watching yesterday, you heard Jason Benetti and Tom Verducci talking a lot about swings and misses for Shane McClanahan. One, because he's unbelievable with crazy movement on his changeup, crazy movement on the fastball, crazy movement on everything. Stuff and plus guy. It's a big time stuff plus guy. And he's got to, he releases the ball like 10 to 12 inches further in front of him than many other pitchers. So that adds perceived velocity. It's difficult to pick up. He's just, he's, he's crazy. But, oh, by the way, when you're pitching like him against the White Sox offensive profile, that's when you get the absurdities. But I, I, for, I, it does, I forget the numbers exactly for that specific game yesterday because I've got the overall numbers I want to give you. But was it 30 swings and misses through five innings? Something like that? Look at that for McClanahan. They kept talking about it the whole time. Here's why they kept talking about it, okay? Because McClanahan's great, as I mentioned, but here's the White Sox offense, okay? O swing percentage means swings at pitches outside the strike zone. The, the worst five offenses in baseball at chase 
rate. That's what this is. It's swinging at pitches outside outside the strike zone. When you watch Luis Robert get toyed with by pitcher after pitcher after pitcher who throw him like absolute junk crap-ass sliders because they know he will swing. As Reducci said yesterday, why bother to throw him a strike? You don't need to. He's not the only one. Swings at pitches outside the strike zone. The White Sox, number one, the worst in MLB. All right, so that's number 30. But, if you, but you know what I mean. They're the worst team in baseball at swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. They're up there with the Royals, the Rockies, the Nationals, and the Tigers. Swinging strike percentage. Second worst in MLB, again with the Royals. So when they swing, they miss it second most of any team in the league to Kansas City. And they swing at pitches outside the zone more than any team in the league. Okay? When they do actually swing in terms of making contact, they're 29th out of 30 in contact rate. 29th out of 30 and even just making contact. Cubs are sixth, by the way, the best contact rate teams in the game. If you're curious as to who's putting the bat on the ball the most are Cleveland, Arizona, Toronto, Seattle, the White Sox, 29th. Ground ball rate, 30th in MLB. When they do hit the ball, which they're 29th out of 30 in doing, they hit it on the ground more than any team in baseball. They're designed to hit homers, and they do score when they do. Three solo homers yesterday. I believe three leadoff homers of three innings. But they're only 17th overall in home runs. So, so let, let's, let's think about this. When they do swing at the plate, they swing at pitches outside of the zone more than any team in baseball. They miss the ball in terms of swinging strikes more than any team in baseball except Kansas City. When they do make contact, 29th out of 30. When they actually do make contact, 30th in ground ball rate. They hit it on the ground more than anybody. It's a brutal offense right now. And the roster construction is such a mess. Rick Hahn, this roster construction is such a mess. The best hitter right now has to DH or play third base. Jake Berger is the only hitter on the White Sox with an OPS over one. He's been really good at the plate. Actually made a nice bare hand play at third yesterday, too. Gavin Sheets is the second best hitter by OPS on the White Sox in a small sample. Then the injured Yohan Moncada, and then Yasmani Grandal, who's off to a nice start. That's it for who's over 800 with OPS. When Yohan Moncada comes back, where does Jake Berger play? He has to play. You're not hitting enough to have him not play. So that means he plays third, or he DHs, and that means that Eloy Jimenez is in right. With his OPS under 700. Just hit his first home run yesterday, though. But when Eloy's out there in right, you're worried about the defense, right? Well, no big deal. You bring in a defensive replacement out there when needed, like Adam Hazley yesterday. And now we have trickled down to Adam Hazley. Adam Hazley, who was a bust in Philadelphia, was a failed prospect in Philly, and they sent him back down to AAA and the White Sox added him for depth a couple years ago, a um, year and a half ago, maybe it was. And I remember I went on a little rant at the time, and I heard from some people um, inside and outside 
the organization, in fact, as well as some fans saying, why are you going off on the 26th guy, on the 25th guy, on a triple-A outfielder? You just try to make the roster a little bit better if you can. Well, the reason I'm going off on it is because you've done such a bad job of development and creating your own depth, creating your own kinds of players who you know and can trust and have taught their whole lives. You've done such a bad job of that that you got to go out and get other people's trash to fill out the bottom of your roster. And Adam Hazley is not a major league ball player. He's just not. He's a quad A player. And there he is in right field, theoretically about to contribute in one of the only ways he can really contribute on your team. Go field that single, the walk-off single, and then throw home to try and nab the base runner who's going to score the winning run. Folks, go back and watch the play if you want. He takes five steps and makes a hop. It's like five steps and a hop. Do, 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 boo, hop, throw. What are you doing, man? And am I, look, am I blaming Adam Hazley for a 7-14 and 14 start in the state of the organization? No. Am I pointing it out as an emblem of an organization that does not scout well, develop well, build a roster well, uh, equip managers well? teach things in a holistic organizational way that leads to consistent MLB success. Yes. I'm pointing it out for that because they don't do that. This thing is a mess. And Rick Hahn, your vision was circumvented by a crap ass managerial hire. You didn't want, we all know that you cost your team, your org, your owner cost you two years of smack dab in the middle of what was supposed to be the very best that your vision could provide. But your vision is also flawed. And now that those two years have come and gone, and now you are getting the manager who's supposed to help you complete the idea that you had, it's looking like it's a little late. It's a little bit late. And some of your guys are are fully cooked into what they are at this moment, and it's not good enough. What Luis Robert Jr. is now as a hitter is not good enough. It's just not. What you are as a healthy organization in terms of avoiding injuries is not good enough. Your big money bullpen is a very poor strategy that is coming back to bite you in the butt. I'm so glad to hear that Liam Hendricks is cancer-free and in remission, and he will be back at some point. But spending all that money on Hendricks and Graveman and Kelly trading assets for Kimbrel. And there you are in the middle of a game when Dylan Cease has to come back, come out, and there's Keenan Middleton as your first reliever out of the pen. Gave up a run, but not that bad, actually. But then there's also Ronaldo Lopez, who's miscast as a closer. You know, I, I mean, credit to him for trying to do the job and rearing back and getting everything he has on the fastballs, but he's miscast. I'm, I've talked about it for two years. That that guy should be their version of Keegan Thompson or Albert Alzali. Should be a bulk reliever. Should have been him. You know, if if he had been, you know, really set up for that role and trained in that kind of role, should be him coming out to relieve a starter in the fifth or the sixth and carrying you through until the late innings. So, Rick Hahn, your vision with the bullpen spending is hamstrung your opportunities to make this roster better, and you still have a giant pile of designated hitters. What a, what a massive disappointment. Look, we can talk uh, optimistic Cubs. That's, uh, that's there for you. And 
because I've said before this week, this year, it's the bonus year for the Cubs. It feels like 2015, right? Feels like 2020 White Sox. Like, oh, they're going to be good, but whoa, they're, they're better before I thought. Maybe they, maybe they can contend. Maybe they can do some stuff. And who knows what, what's going to end up happening. But right now, if it feels to you like the White Sox are on the back side of a failed rebuild, is that where we are? Oh, man. Then you start thinking, what's the next great White Sox team going to look like? When is that? How much heavy lifting has to be done to that in the meantime? My goodness. And who's going to do it? Chris Getz? And why should I believe that'll be any different than it's been? There's a lack of accountability that just doesn't make any Oh, yes, it does make sense. No, that's right. I was thinking about it. It's a vanity project. The White Sox are a vanity project. You know what that means? It's like when somebody has enough money to make an album of their own songs that they've been holding on to for, you know, I really think these are going to blow up. And you make a, make a vanity project and like everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to play. Just pay me enough and uh, I'll, happy, I'll be happy to play. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And it doesn't really have much of a shot to be, I don't know, good. The White Sox are Jerry Reinsdorf's vanity project, and it's not going well. We'll take your phone calls at 312-644-6767. I have an announcement about the Cubs radio booth as well that I can share when we come back on 670 The Score. It's Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel, Sunday mornings on The Score. Three and two, Diaz at first. Deep right field, Brandon Lau sends it out, and the Rays still have not lost at Tropicana Field this year. Wow. That's from Friday. Pick a walk-off, any walk-off for the Tampa Bay Rays against the White Sox. It's a real good team in Tampa. Maybe the best in baseball. They lead the world in home runs. They've homered in every single game on the year. 
Their pitching infrastructure is second to none. Every year they scout, develop, and deliver incredible arms in the bullpen and beyond. And the White Sox are not any of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, just none of it. Absolutely none of it. Um, Yeah, you know, went off on the Sox a little bit this morning. It's a vanity project. It's Jerry Reinsdorf's vanity project. And I just tweeted out some of the numbers about the offensive profile, which just so shows such little planning and understanding of the modern game. It's hard to build a good baseball team, and these guys have not done that. Let's go to your phone calls at 312-644-6767. The Cubs' Justin Steele will join us at 10. Lots of Cubs stuff to mix in with our White Sox angst this morning on Hit and Run. Here's Mark on, in South Bend. What's up, Mark? How are you? Hey, good Good speech. How are you doing today? I I totally agree with what you're saying. I watched the game yesterday, and why in the why in the world they they plan Oscar Colas against left-handed batters? He's their most uh, he's their most thought-after prospect at, at right field to come up since Harold Baines. And Harold Baines went out there against left-handers in 1980 and struggled, you know. But he learned. You got to develop a feel a, a track record with Oscar Colas against lefties. You know, let him go bat 60, 70 times against certain lefties and mm-hmm. see what he's doing, then make an adjustment. And both uh, Robert and uh, Eloy are swinging at Chuck. They each been around the game, batting for in, in the league for four to five years, and pitchers know they can junk them. And it's ridiculous. Those two guys were supposed to put the fear in the other team's pitchers and staff and it's a joke. It's really hard, Mark. It's really hard to not swing at the outside slider. It's so difficult, especially when you're a righty and you got righties coming at you. And that's not the only time. But apparently, it, it, it's just it's just a really, really hard thing to do. But if that patience isn't there and that plate discipline isn't there, then it's got to be taught. And if it's not taught, and by the time a guy gets to the big leagues – Sometimes it's really hard to teach in the big leagues. And right now that's not happening. This is why the questions have been for Pedro Grafal. Is development possible at the major league level? He's supposed to be here to help those guys learn the finer points of what it takes to be big league players and big league hitters. And so far it is not happening at all. So interestingly enough here with Robert, especially the last couple of years of the previous coaching staff, they wanted him to see less pitches so he wouldn't strike out. <laughs> so like it was insane. Like Luis Robert last year saw the least amount of pitches per plate appearance to the point where he wasn't even seen enough to strike out. Right. So now you're trying to get this guy to see pitches, figure out what he can drive. It's just such a backwards approach. So it's like, Pedro Grafal's like unraveling the tied up, like, you know, slinky at this point with Robert. Well, it's an interesting point because think about it. If you're coming into an organization, this is why, you know, a manager and a big league coaching staff has to be aligned with the front office from like way before you get to the point. You don't just bring somebody in and say, okay, here you go. Now you're ready to win unless you're maintaining some level of control and you're the one with the excellent vision, you know, but really, the the best way to do it is to have that manager on board with what you're doing and the coaching staff. Look, the example I always think of, and I know it's dated. It's, it's not quite Harold Baines dated. Thank you for the call, Mark. But it's, um, it is dated. Tom Kelly was the farm director of the Minnesota Twins for a long, long time. He was the guy in charge of teaching a Twins way. 
And then eventually he was made the manager. And you remember what those twins were when Tom Kelly was there? Look at the numbers sometime. And that era lasted after Tom Kelly was the manager. But he was like the architect of that whole twins way. And then they would bring up guys that they needed to add depth. And they were their own guys that had been taught exactly the way they want to play. Contact, hustle, fundamentals, etc. That's how you do it as an organization. It's a big picture thing to be great in MLB. I mean, every once in a while you can buy yourself a team and have the stars align and win a World Series. And it happened for the White Sox in 2005, and they keep chasing it to do it that way. This is Mike in Northbrook on the score with me, Matt Spiegel. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Um, okay, very frustrated like you are, especially after seeing the White Sox playing as, just as good as Tampa Bay the last, the last two games, but caught some bad breaks. Unfortunately, I hate that. That I don't know why baseball doesn't do away with that with that uh, man on second base rule. I think it sucks. But here's the deal: hmm. we're 21 games in, and I know you've heard this. Okay, I've all I've been following the game since the late 50s, and I've always said I will never judge a pennant race until at least Memorial Day. We're not even that close to Memorial Day. Okay, then there's 110 games left after Memorial Day. Sox division, they're only four out. Okay, that's still very winnable. Philadelphia did the same thing last year and got to and got to the World Series. Yep. Minnesota won eighty five games in eighty seven and won the World Series. So we're so as frustrating as the season's been, we're, we're we're like way 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 too early to be saying that this team doesn't have any chance to win their division because they still do have a. They got guys coming back. They're banged up. They got hope. Hopefully, you know Gary Crochet and and. Uh, and the Aussie coming back for, in the bullpen. Yep. They do have Tim Anderson coming back. Yes. They do have Moncada coming back. So to be saying that the season's over after 21 games is nuts. Yeah, I'm not saying it's over. I appreciate your call. I appreciate your perspective. It is the correct way to look patiently at one season in a bubble. Okay? Looking at just this year, you're absolutely right about the competitiveness of the division. That argument is damaged a little bit by the fact that the schedule is not as unbalanced as it was. You're playing six games less against each uh, of your divisional opponents. But you're absolutely right to look at a season in a bubble. But you know that we're not looking at a season in a bubble. We're looking at how this organization does things. We're looking at how it felt last year. We're looking at how it has felt so many times. And we're looking at overall as you watch the team this year it looks like watching the team last year and even for a large part of the year before when you won the division. But everybody knew down the stretch they weren't good enough, and then the Astros proved it to you in the playoffs. They're not good at the details. You know why you might hate the extra innings rule? I was talking with a White Sox fan yesterday who hates the extra innings rule, and if you don't know, I actually really like it, Um, and I can tell you why I like it with the Ghost Runner, and we can talk about that. I've talked about it before, but I was talking with a White Sox fan yesterday As that game went into extras, I'm texting with him, and he's like, I hate this freaking rule. I hate this damn rule. And and before I could even, like, come back with, yeah, but it does this, it does that, he himself admitted, he said, maybe it's also because I know that this team has no shot when we get to extra innings. I know that this team, his White Sox, have absolutely no shot. Because you know who wins most often now with the strategy and the forced immediacy of the extra innings ghost runner rule, the team that executes the best, the team that delivers the base hit with consistency to drive in that gimme run at second base, or the team that defensively keeps it from happening. 
with defense and with run prevention and smart pitching and a specialized bullpen utilized well by somebody who understands every tendency and every nuance, those are the teams that win now in extra innings because it's strategy and it's scouting. And, and it's, it's you, you, like that's where you win when you are a really good, fundamental, scrappy, and smart team. And you know in your heart that these White Sox aren't. And it sucks. This is Matt in Lincolnshire on the score. Hello, Matt. Welcome in. Good morning. Hey, Matt. Big fan. First time, long time. I uh, wanted to give you a call. You hit it right on the money, man. I'm actually I'm heading into the Cubs game today, but just hearing the White Sox uh, talk, they got to tear it up and start over. I'm not sure about the last guy that called, but it's April 23rd. The season is over. Oh, I mean, yeah, got it's no not. Offense. It's not though, Matt. I mean, that's that's the oh. thing. It, it's it's not just because of the math of the season, but we we've been you here really before. Think they're going to come back and beat Cleveland <laughs> after the last three or four years. You really think they're going to hit in the clutch in August and September? Listen, no. I understand where you're coming from. 120 games left, but the last couple of seasons that you see with the White Sox, I mean, you guys can't expect to have a. I mean, this guy's talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, I can wake up one morning and win the lottery. <laughs> you could. I, I wish you luck, Matt. I wish you luck in that regard. There's not 120 games left. There's 140 games left. They've played 21 games. There's 141 games left. And this is where you are. And I, I mean, and the, my only pushback is the calendar. And it's a pushback that we've all made before and done before and been disappointed by before. God. I mean, what could happen that could make you believe that it's possible? So much pressure on these first couple of months for Pedro Grafal. They say 60 games, right? Before you really know your team, is it 60 games? So let's give it Memorial Day. Oh, God, look at the amount of work. And this is the big ask for Pedro Grafal and his pitching staff. This is absolutely the, the big ask. Correct these tendencies. Fix these major leaguers who we've already signed to long and extended contracts. Um, I, I, I want to look up the, the White Sox uh, contracts right now because – this is the thing that is it, it, it's underpinning the everything, right? As you look at the multi-year summary of the White Sox contracts, that Luis Robert is making nine point five mil this year, then twelve five, then fifteen, and then there are two club options for twenty. So you're not turning your back on Luis Robert, nor should you. That's a very talented guy. You're trying to unlock him and create plate discipline. But he's also a made guy making nine and a half million dollars this year. And the way he has done things historically has allowed him to be set up for this monumental wealth, this generational wealth. Is he interested and passionate and willing to do what is also incredibly difficult? I don't know. Good luck, Pedro. Figure that one out. Eloy's making 10.3 this year, making 13.8 next year. Then there are club options after that for 16-5 and 18-5 for Eloy. Eloy busts his ass. That guy works hard to be great at baseball. I love his personality. I love his work ethic. He came in to spring in great shape, just has a real difficult time <clears throat> staying 
healthy, and that is genetics, in my opinion, in a large part. And then some of the chase, yeah, it's an issue. But you know when he connects, he hits bombs. But go ahead and, and polish that one too. Okay, Pedro? Thank you. Hi, Mom! And then there's Yuan Moncada, who's making $17.8 million this year. And he's making $24.8 million guaranteed for next year. And, and then there's a 25 mil club option in 2025. Yuan Moncada, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to play hard and with passion. He needs to take the right amount of pitches, be aggressive enough. Good luck, Pedro. Good luck with that one, too. And now, what the bummer is that I thought that one had been looking pretty good. I thought Moncada playing hard, um, running hard. Looked good in the WBC. Looked good in the WBC. And now here's the injury, which just freaking sucks. Tim Anderson at 12-5 this year. 14 mil for a club option next year. Obviously having trouble staying healthy. I thought T.A. looked great. Had a great spring. Had a great WBC playing for Team USA. And then, oh, by the way, there's the pitching, and we can talk about that. But that position group core, Yasmani Grandal making 18.25 this year. Good luck, Pedro. Grandal off to a pretty good start offensively. Uh, I've liked the way that he has looked. So it, it, is, it is a big and difficult ask. And maybe by Memorial Day... We're sitting here, we're looking at it, and we're like, oh, yeah, maybe they can turn this season around. Maybe Pedro is going to be manager of the year. Maybe, I'm telling you, if they turn things around and they start playing with better fundamentals and they stop chasing a bit and those rates go down that I gave you and they start contending for this division, that will be Pedro Grafold's celebration manager of the year conversation time. It's not now. And because it's not now, things look Bad. Justin Steele at the top of the hour. Speaks with you here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. The pitch to Wisdom. Hit in the air. Deep left field. Back goes Outman. It's got a chance. Gone. Patrick Wisdom homers for the third consecutive game. Cubs lead 2-1. to one. Bellinger drives one in the air. The Cubs have just gone back to back. Way up into the seats in right field. Cody Bellinger with a rocket against his former teammates. And the Cubs lead 3-1. to one. The great Pat Hughes right there on the call. The Hall of Famer himself. The fourth award winner who's going into the Hall of Fame in late July in Cooperstown. will be back today on the Cubs radio broadcast. I mentioned that uh, I had some news on the booth. About 20 minutes ago, and then forgot to deliver on the tease. Come on, Sean. Don't let a good White Sox rant get in the way of sharing information. Tease. That's on me, not your. I was just super entertained by your White Sox. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Pat Hughes is back. Um, the voice is an issue, but Pat is gr- feeling good and back to do it today. And Zach Zaidman and Ron Coomer have done a great job um, covering and, and doing what they do. That booth is so much fun, such a warm booth to hear and listen to and feel, and I'm lucky enough to have been a part of it. And let me tell you, all those guys are are just very, very fun to work with. Um, you've got 
Pat back today and Zach back in his uh, pre-game and post-game role and the fifth inning. And uh, that should be fun. So that is Dodgers and Cubs today. It is Marcus Stroman and Clayton Kershaw. Let's go. The best run differential in baseball. Runs scored versus runs given up. Pretty good indicator of excellence. The Tampa Bay Rays, number one, at plus 85. The second best run differential, the Texas Rangers at plus 57. They are a story. Did you see Adolis Garcia yesterday? Adolis Garcia, I love that guy. I love that dude. 18 total bases yesterday. He is... uh, it, he he's he's he can be very very good overall and has certainly woken up and been very good at the plate. And you know Texas is going to spend. They're not going anywhere. Texas, I think Texas might win that division. I mean, it'll be them and the Astros. We know that. Third best run differential in baseball. The best run differential in the National League belongs to the Chicago Cubs at plus forty three. <clears throat> They're two and a half games back in Milwaukee in the Central. Milwaukee's got pitching injuries, and they just lost their rookie center fielder, Garrett Mitchell, probably for the whole year. Uh, what, what are the Pirates? What and who are and why are the Pirates, who have won six games in a row, are 15-7, and seven, just signed Derek Shelton to a contract extension? Why are the Pirates? Well, we'll see. But uh, the Cardinals at 8-13 and 13, off to a rough start. We'll see. Wilson Contreras' bat has finally gotten going. Uh, let's go to uh, the phones and talk to Ron on the south side on 670 The Score. Hey, Ron, good morning. Hey, hey good morning. Speak, speak. You know what? Sometimes it'll snow in April, but typically it doesn't. <laughs> and I say that to say, yeah, we know some teams that have started bad and have turned it around. But for the most part, speak, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Uh, if if you're playing particularly this bad, I know this team is bad looking, but when you put those numbers out earlier, yeah, man, about the about, about the offense, and I, I just and I don't, Sean, I don't see how bringing um, Kim Anderson back and see it, bringing Yoan Mankata back. Uh, <clears throat> Pedro said he has to be at a hundred percent speed. That's never going to be. He's hey. never going to be. I, I don't I don't know if he is, Ron. Hey, thanks for the call, man. I want to squeeze a few more people in here before we shift gears. But, yeah, I mean, Yohan Moncada and the back and the soft tissues, and it, it's it's worrisome. And if they're waiting, and how long can they wait? But then I told you the roster construction is such that it's a mess when he does come back. So, boy, it's bleak right now. Jack is in Addison and is now on 670 The Score. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. How are you? Good. Um, I mean, besides roster construction, 1A is this injury thing. And the Sox last year made a big deal, I, December sometime, about promoting some new health-type thing that was going to work on injury prevention, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Build. And I, first of all, I have heard nothing about it since, and obviously it's not working. And where in God's name – I mean, they pay Clevenger all this silly money. Why can't they pay a million dollars to have Herm Schneider come back for a year and start teaching people what to do? Because besides the soft Cubans, this this uh, injury thing is out of out of control. I don't know that I can say allow soft Cubans. Can I allow soft Cubans on the radio? I don't know. Uh yeah. Um, can we dump the last twenty five seconds? I don't know. No, that's not how the dump button works. All right. Well, I didn't say it. 
Caller said it. <laughs> There's plenty of non-soft Cubans. Um, I'll tell you one non-soft Cuban was Jose Abreu. Was a, a hard Cuban? Is that what we say? I mean, anyway, um, I don't know if anybody's ever shown more personal toughness than some of these Cuban guys who have emigrated and eaten their own passport, survived human trafficking to then show up and play 140 games a year. Yeah, so I, I, I can't go with that one, but thank you for the call. That was amazing. This is John and Joliet on the score. Hello, John. Matt, I, I love your show, first of all. And I just, I sit here and, and the words just scramble in my head because it is so hard to sit and watch that we could have once had a great group of guys and to just see the demise of it and what has transpired. I know that it's not all Rick Hahn. How can Jerry Reinsdorf sit in the top of the ivory tower, look down and say, this is what we anticipated. I know I'm just a babbling White Sox fan. I love this team so much, but it's just so disappointing to watch seven, eight years ago when they brought these guys on board and to see what it turned out to. Yeah, you know, I, I, here, here's, here's the problem. Jerry took a big swing and patiently, to his credit, allowed the bus to be turned when Rick Hahn said we're mired in mediocrity and fought for and got the opportunity to tear it down to the studs, trade sale in Quintana and Adam Eaton and 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 try to and bring in some new people and try to do this thing. And they signed Nick Hostetler to come and head up the scouting from outside the organization. So that was a big swing for a man in his 70s to take. It, it took patience, and it was impressive. Han's vision has not worked, in large part, in my opinion, because it has been impaired by the disconnect and... Um, the loyalty to a fault within Jerry's organization, most notably the complete circumvention of the plan with the vanity hire of Tony La Russa to right a wrong from the mid-1980s. Like, I, I really want to know, when Rick Renteria is fired, did Rick Hahn know that he wasn't going to be able to choose his own manager? Because that is the biggest emblem and the biggest loss, Jerry couldn't help himself. And when he finally had a chance to get in there and put his stamp on what he was allowing other people to do, he did it in spectacularly embarrassing fashion. That's the way we'll write this story eventually. And now, he's in his mid-80s. He's riding it out, sadly. I think he's just kind of riding it out. He doesn't want... Would you want to go backwards? No. At this point, he did it once. Try to give him a shot. Now you're decent. Try to get a little better. Do what you can. But the way that they did it was not as clean and severe and smart as it had to be done. Just wasn't. Some of that's on Rick and some of that's on Jerry. 670, the score, is where you are. I think it's largely on Jerry. I think it's largely the, the, the organization, to be clear. And it's beyond um, many specific people. Matt Spiegel here with you on 670. The score, Justin Steele from the Cubs, joins us next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, 
and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.